Hello, welcome back to Dr. Introspect TV, and it's your host, Dr. Introspect, and I'm back. I am bringing a podcast-style analysis to you, and I know I've been away for a bit of time. I hope you did not miss me too much, but I'm back. I took a break so that I could replenish and come back re-energized to keep on pushing out the content that I believe our community and the rest of the world can find beneficial and helpful and of course entertaining and informative i hope at least i am reaching those goals and so i am back and i want to welcome however many of you that somehow found your way down this rabbit hole stumbled on the channel if you do find that you enjoy this content do click the like button and subscribe. Click the notification bell so that you're the first to know every time we drop a new video. And for all our ODs and goodies, thank you for hanging on tight. I have to implore you at this point that if you do enjoy these videos, you take the time to listen to them, please click the like button. And if you want to participate in the conversations and discussions we have in these videos, definitely leave your comments in the section below it really helps the channel grow and it's a very effective way that you can contribute to the sustenance and growth of this community and of course i will be leaving details on my patreon in the comment section below and if you would like to support the channel via donations of any kind definitely feel free to oblige but for the most part for your non-donations liking is definitely a way that helps the channel stay sustained because it shows the youtube algorithm that this information is relevant and it shows it to other people like yourself that would find it useful as well and so without further ado let us dive right into the analysis of today highly requested squid game per the title we are going to be talking about squid game today and i have to say i wasn't really so keen on coming here with this analysis because i find that asians especially like uh, the koreans the japanese they are really good about telling their stories really well. When you watch a movie or a show from like Korea, there is nothing for you to uncover. Everything is out there bare. And if you find yourself uncovering something by like the first 30 minutes of the movie, by the conclusion, they have come full circle and explained what you thought you uncovered and connected the themes and meanings and all of that. And I found that also here, uh, another movie I found this happening, uh, if you like, a recommendation was Parasite. I think it did win an Oscar or some sort, some really big global award for sure. And again, this one is definitely up there. Now I have to say for all the Money Heist fans, I have been re reading reports that this is the biggest thing on Netflix since Money Heist and it has surpassed Money Heist. And by my own personal opinion, I think it does deserve that. It is bigger, okay? No shade to any of the Money Heist fans out there. I am one myself, but man, when you see a good thing, you see a good thing, all right? Not, no hard feelings and nothing personal. Right here, 
we have a story that I particularly enjoy because I find in stories like this they cause you to pause for a moment and reflect on life and reflect on concepts like what it really means to be happy or successful or rich or wealthy and the purpose of these things and I find that a lot of Asian stories for example Parasite they leave you really in that pause for introspection as you watch and even after the experience of these movies you're really caught in that place where you're really really taking a deeper look of the meaning of life and I definitely appreciate that and I feel that that is probably something or quality about the storytelling that people might easily miss definitely it has its shock value and the initial feelings you might get by seeing those gunshots in like the first two episodes you know there's a bit of action there there's thriller there's suspense you have all of that mixed in and a lot of people can get caught up quite a bit in the sensation experience of that gore and forget that there is actually quite a bit of depth in there so that's like the very first thing i want to mention it makes you think about life and if it hasn't done that to you by the time we're done with this analysis i'll take you there and of course this is the introspect channel so it's kind of expected at this point so let's set the stage quite a bit with some bit of background in the story we have a setting in south korea and at this time in space we have a bunch of people that are chronic gamblers of some sort either via like stocks company doing very risky things with money that are now in chronic debts we're talking millions upon millions and they go and sign up for this deadly game where they hope that they perform like six challenges survive and win billions of won and can hopefully perhaps we assume they would go back settle their debts start a new life and everything will be better from then on however these challenges are deadly if you're not able to complete these games on time you are eliminated i.e killed you'd or if you're not able to complete it you fail in some kind of way you're killed and of course you have human beings getting greedy and trying to kill their fellow competitors so that there's more money in the pot for them if they do make it to the end i thought it was quite fascinating that out of the whole 456 people that signed up for this game only one person made it out in the end i mean it's quite interesting thinking about the statistics and the odds of all of that and the variability of everything and i have to say this guy jihoon was not i hope i'm saying his name right and of course i have to make this warning there will be spoilers in this analysis so i'm hoping you're a type of person that doesn't mind spoilers or you have already seen it so you're able to follow through okay so jihoon he is not particularly someone you say is the smartest guy in the book or anything like that and he made it out in the end you might be wondering to yourself is this the kind of a game where being smart is what makes you win hmm 
or is it a game of luck? You think about that for a second and you can leave your thoughts on that in the comments. Now moving on, I have to say I found it kind of interesting how the show starts off with Jihon and you know some other people gambling per usual, betting on horses and somehow we make it to the end by episode 9 and we see that connection and of course as I saw episode 2 as I, and I was proceeding I had already made that connection and this is why I say they told the story well because the writers make that connection for you the audience as you watch it if you are following my episode 9 they tell you that in this game the human beings that are participating in this deadly game equate to the horses that they bet on when they're outside in the real world and I found that interesting and of course for these people it felt dehumanizing it felt like how can you liken me to a horse how can you say you bet on me the same way I bet on horses and I guess it took that taking a step back for them to be objectified in that fashion that they are just tools they are just pawns they're just an object of excitement that they are able to see that separation and somehow see an error in their ways of some sort and I thought that that was interesting so by episode one the first game is played and the red light green light of course is very popular at this point people are making memes about it you can look it up on social media if you want to see some and the game ends and they are like this is horrible you can't just kill people like animals like fowls and we're going to leave we're, we're leaving they were voted to leave literally I don't think it was up to two days and they somehow all came back and signed up for the challenge and it just made you think about life like that in the sense that right here is fiction but I think it translates a lot to reality because you find people making deadly questionable choices because they're caught in a catch-22 kind of situation you have this ratio of risk reward in play for example people that leave their families and move on and try to immigrate like by foot or something to some other land and they probably die on their way as they take on this expedition because they're hoping that they can better the lives of maybe their children or even their own lives and they go in there and it's illegal and they're going through these things and probably dying in the process and you're like why would someone do this to themselves now that's a real life situation and it happens every day also i found it fascinating how on one end they were like you can't just kill us like birds you we are human beings you know after the first round of the game the first challenge you can't just kill us like this but then they're killing their fellow people they're killing their fellow 
competitors because they now realize that the more people that die, the more money we have in the collection pot for whoever makes it out in the end. Not even knowing if they themselves will make it out in the end. And they started killing themselves. And it just shows you more aspects about the fallible nature of humanity. About what people are capable of doing. And in this kind of situation, you're wondering, what is morality? What is good and what is bad and what is right and what is wrong? And is there any good left in the world? You see this and we often say that in circumstances like this, human beings degenerate. We come down to a primal instincts of survival. And when people are at those primal instincts, the lines get blurred, good and bad. And you think about this and it's not surprising that by the final episode, episode 9, in the dialogue between the old man that we find out is the mastermind of all of this, in the final game he wants to play with Jihoon, he asks him, is there any good in the world? Do you think someone will see this beggar person dejected looking probably filthy and want to help them on this cold wintry night or will they just only care about themselves that's another full circle connection that you're seeing because how do people that first of all said you can't just kill us you can't just kill people this is not right now start killing themselves at the mere prospect of them getting more money if they got out in the vein of survival instincts and morality in the game where they are in pairs and we see what happens I mean you're watching this and you know Jihoon has this very appealing character of course you think of him like oh this guy is so foolish and stupid and he has done a lot of stupid things but there's something likable about him he's like the old drunk that is a drunk but kind of funny and makes jokes so he's pleasant in that kind of way and you're thinking of course surely if everyone becomes primal and blurs the lines of right and wrong surely Jinhun will be able to still have some level of moral compass and you see what he did to the old man when they played a game where he tricks him and claims that he made the wrong bet he tells him he made the bet of even instead of odd or he tells him he made the bet of odd when the man actually made the better of the even here he was playing on the man's apparent dementia and him forgetting things because he is old but as i watched it i knew for a fact that the man wasn't forgetting and he knew what Jinhoon was doing and you could also see the reaction on Jinhoon's face he doesn't want to die he doesn't want to get shot he has made it this far and he is feeling terrible for what he's doing to this old man it was such a really touching emotional and psychological experience to get through that episode in several ways because the day before this old man had wet himself 
And when he wet himself, I think Jihu kind of protected him, and Jihoon has been protecting him the entire time. And it was out of protection he decided to play the game with this man because no one would select him because he was old and frail. And people were thinking the game of pairs would mean you want an equally strong or stronger teammate, only to find out that you're playing against that person. So to see him now be deceptive in this kind of way was emotional. But what I think was most emotional for people was what happened to Ali and how he was manipulated by his own teammate. And I think this guy somewhat appears Cho Sang-woo somewhat appears like one of the anti-heroes of this story because he is quite Machiavellian in nature. He has this Machiavellian quality to him, but he's also somewhat low on neuroticism. Someone could probably see him as a psychopath, really, because even in the midst of the frenzy that is often commonplace in this setting of this game between the killing and shooting and sudden reactions happening left, right, center, he has this ability to remain calm under all of that kind of pressure. What he did to Ali and how he manipulated him and Ali died, it just reminds us in this world about how you cannot just freely trust people all the time. Naivety and gullibility for many reasons, sometimes it's just not an excuse. Learn as much as you can learn, protect yourself, trust your instincts and guard your heart. I would say it's a lesson you take away from Ali's experience and it's so unfortunate that it happened. But if you are watching the story all through, you will understand all the things that Cho did to create that feeling of indebtedness in Ali. He had offered Ali his bread. He didn't eat his bread, he gave Ali his bread and told him to eat it. And he had done other things to make Ali feel included in the group. He had given Ali money to take the bus as well. All of these ways he had somehow established some kind of indebtedness. Of which when he now tells Ali that we have to find another way to play this game. Because you know... I'm a good friend to you and I'm going to help both of us win and you know me, I've, I've been good to you, I've been good to you, you owe me now, kind of. Of course he wasn't angry and aggressive, he was more like pleading and more soft-toned about it, but it was still manipulation. And I have to say, people might be watching this and thinking the, the manipulation happened in that instant, but I want to put it to you that he had been manipulating Ali for a long time before that time so by the time he did what he did those phrases it was kind of the final blows I have to say Cho was willing to do whatever it took as long as it would ensure that he got out and he would say as well I deserve to be here 
I deserve to go on because I did whatever it took. Even as at the fifth game they played, where he threw someone in front of him just so that he could get ahead. In this game, there's nothing like right or wrong as long as you obey the rules. But morality does not exist. I want to also mention speaking about personality traits. I found that anxiety kills people faster than death itself. In this game, in the first two episodes, it's quite clear obey the rules and you live. And at least for those first two games, it was an individual test. It was about you. It wasn't dependent on your team or your partner or your teammate. It was you. And in the red light, green light challenge, just the sound of gunshots, the sight of people dying, made people run, scream. So they are reacting in the moment. And of course, it's human. It's a very human thing to do. But their reactions kill them faster than simply obeying the game. You see people running so they could get to the back door and escape. The fight or flight response is activated quickly before the brain can even take a step back to apply rationality. And that is what kills them. That even an old man made it to the other side and other young people died. When I saw that, and I also saw the reaction with the sugar game, where they had to cut out the sugar shapes, and when people heard the first gunshot, the anxiety, the fight or flight response kicked in, and many of them broke their own sugar bits, and they died, because they could not become under pressure. I think people can definitely benefit from learning how to master the art of being calm under pressure, either via meditation or some sort. And of course, I know in this situation, there is actual danger. Okay, this is not a situation where people have like emotional triggers and there is really no danger in the objective reality and they have a flight of response to the trigger but I think in general it would be good for people to learn how to be calm under pressure and for some odd reason I actually said that this is one of those odd moments where it is beneficial to be a psychopath as you know things are not always black and white and for psychopaths or people that are on that scale They tend to test really low for neuroticism and and so they're able to be calm under pressure and that's why they can pass lie detector tests. It's not because they're smart, it's because they're able to keep that neutral affect and there's no sudden spikes or changes of, of that sort that would make it look suspicious. It's why they can tell very good lies because... They don't have that reaction that you perceive as a giveaway.
people that are able to master that or people that were natural psychopaths were able to make it through. Also, I'd like to discuss something that I watched unfold as I saw the show. As I watched the show, I kind of predicted how it would end. I tend to do that and I happen to be really good at it. I had predicted that I wouldn't be surprised if we would find out as at episode 2. I wouldn't be surprised if we would find out that there are some people that are watching this whole thing happen and it is entertainment for them and they are betting on these people the way people bet on horses and they are probably like filthy rich richest of the richest of the richest you can imagine and it's some kind of ultra uber secret kind of club i thought to myself and i wouldn't be surprised they would have an appetite for such a thing i thought this because i've always said there are things i would hear about in the media some kind of frivolous ridiculous things and i would be like I'm sure it's someone with a ton of money that did this because I often say rich people don't know what to do with money and it's true and it's not because they're dumb it's because they become less excitable the richer they get because at that point in time there is virtually almost no experience you haven't had there's no kind of food you haven't tasted there's no kind of hotel bed no kind of sheets, no kind of towel, no kind of woman, no kind of sexual experience that you cannot pay for that you haven't had. So nothing excites them anymore. Life becomes extremely boring. So when we get to episode 9 and the mastermind behind this, the old man in his dying bed is explaining to Jihong why this game exists how it came about and why it exists i thought it was kind of ridiculous for jihong to be asking that question because it was blatantly obvious but i guess the jihong character like i said earlier he's not the smartest guy in the bunch so he's not able to puzzle that out for himself but it was very clear that their appetite had grown sour and there was nothing that excited them anymore about life and they just needed something else and for this old man in particular he wanted to be in the middle of it it wasn't enough to have the front seat at the table he needed to be in it to experience it and this reminds me in a way about another show i think the name is westworld where very rich people go into this AI thing and interact with human-like things so they can have experiences they can't have in the real world. And so it's always these filthy rich people doing these very sick, crazy things because they have they are bored by everything. Everything bores them now. But how bored can you get that you will become numb to people dying? That you're watching people die, you're 
betting on them like horses that you dehumanize people for your own gratification and pleasure and I know right now it sounds like fiction but in the real world it happens when you think about people that are being kidnapped and sold into slavery and you know some other kind of crime rings like I cannot make mention of because of the YouTube algorithm but you get the picture there are people that are funding those criminal markets because of their own need for gratification at the expense of another human life and it doesn't matter to them and it's utterly disgusting of course and so you ask yourself people always say that money is the key to happiness a lot of people argue that at least if I have money I can be happy I can do this I can do this but how is it that a person makes so much money to the point where nothing can make them happy nothing can excite them anymore that they now have to do this to other human beings for them to feel something I want you to take a moment to think about that tell me what you think in the comment section below and tell me if you think that level of money is worth it do you think that these people were already like that and the access to this money did this to them or the money changed them and they did not all start off this way do you think let me know what you think in the comment section below and on the same vein of this money thing don't you think it was quite tragic that after Jing Hoon went through all of this ordeal of course what was the final push for him to go back into the game when he left the first time was when he realized he couldn't pay for his mother's diabetic operation or medication or bills or any of the sort and he had to go in and get the money somehow only for him to make it out with the over 40 billion won and to meet his mother dead and alone in their apartment i thought i thought that was quite typical i expected it to happen i wasn't surprised by that outcome and i thought that it mirrored life in a lot of ways it was sad but at the same time like i said with the koreans and these kind of story telling approaches you start to wonder what is then the point of money what is then the point of wealth what is then the point of accumulation if my mother died alone sick by herself and her body may have been rotting for days and no one checked on her and she was in horrible pain of course from the nerve damage of her illness and he wasn't there
The realization of this broke him. It broke him to a point where he couldn't even spend the money for months. He didn't touch the money and he was living like a beggar. Like he was in a trance. And I have to say, someone witnessing a car accident is traumatizing alone in itself. That for someone to go through an experience like this, it breaks you. Seeing what you went through inside in that arena he definitely needs a whole lot of therapy but unfortunately anyone he goes to tell i was in a game people died they're gonna think he's mad and they're gonna lock him up because of the secrecy attached to the whole experience it's unfathomable even when he tried to report to the cops and I don't think anybody else came out of that game and reported to the cops but he did because he felt this is the right thing to do so you see time and time again I just want to mention we could see Jinghoon had some kind of view on what morality was right but you saw how the cops laughed at him and they thought he was crazy he was making things up those people are very good at covering their tracks, so there's no way to trace them. Jin Hyun will have to carry this trauma with him for the rest of his life. Unless he can actually find someone that can help him and believe in his story. The experience now causes Jin Hyun to carry upon himself to want to prevent anyone else from going through what he went through and we see that in the end instead of getting on the plane to reunite his family in america i.e his daughter and her mom and her new husband at least his daughter so he could be closer to her and see her he turns back just as he is about to get on the plane he's coming for the organization and we don't know we don't know what that means for season two but it seems that he is going to want to take the system down and now someone else might wonder you might argue why it was fair they told you if you made it out you would part away with this x amount of money and he parted away with this x amount of money you were not coerced into participating in this game you did it of your own volition you had opportunities to leave and you continued to play why then do you want to take down the system is it now a question of morality or is it a question of vengeance? What are your thoughts on that question? Let me know in the comment section below. And finally, I want to talk about the topic of bad eggs. I always say in every system, there are always bad eggs. Even in a system like theirs, where everything was supposed to be objective and everything was supposed to be fair, no one was supposed to 
know what the next games will be and nobody was supposed to have preferential treatment because the world outside is not fair. Everyone inside is wearing the same uniform, sleeping on the same bunk beds, having the same breakfast because inside here, everyone is supposed to be equal. But then you find out that members of the guards are bending the rules, they're selling organs, they're partnering with a doctor that is a player, they're giving him tips about what the games will be the next day as payment and you have that arrangement going on of which the superior finds out and kills everyone involved and they are made an example of. But it just goes to show, I always say human beings are funny in that way because even in the most perfect and structured of systems, you still see things like that happen. You still have bullies. You still have people that break the rules. You still have people that do all kinds of things. Or like the crew of people that stayed and started stabbing people in the night because they thought they would make more money in there. Even though you had people that were in there for different reasons, for whatever reason or the other, they're all in debt. They're swimming and drowning in debt. But it's not everybody that's in there that is a criminal or did something extremely heinous. But now they're all together with these people. And you have people exhibiting bad eggs behavior. I thought that it was interesting to see that even in a system as rigid, as organized, and supposedly fair as it was supposed to be, things like that could still happen. And with that, I come to the end of this analysis and I do hope that you were able to follow through and you enjoyed and you made some connections to the show that are even more clear to you now upon this discussion. And if you have other things that you want to add or point out or explore more about, leave them in the comment section. I'm always there and I will be very happy to engage with you and reply to your comments. If you love this video, again, do like it, comment, share, and subscribe to the channel. And I will be more than happy to catch you in the next one. I love you. Love yourselves too. Bye.